Welcome to the High School Football Scoreboard, the latest news and headlines from under the Friday Night Lights. Here's Heath Ziegler and Balen Trujillo. Ah, uh, yes. It's another night of high school football here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I'm uh, Heath Ziegler, joined here by Balen Trujillo. We're coming to you from Graffiti Junction College Park tonight. Balen, why, why are we in College Park tonight? There's a big game on Friday night, Heath. This is something we've been looking for all year, and it's coming in about two days. That's right. So we... Basically, our show moves around from week to week from to the biggest games of the, of, the, of the week. And this week, we happen to be in College Park here at Graffiti Junction because Edgewater is going to be taking on the Jones Tigers right down the street at Jones High School. But our show is, is sponsored by Insperity. High School Football Scoreboard is brought to you by Insperity, providing employee benefits, HR technology, payroll, and scalable HR services for more than 34 years. Insperity, HR that makes a big difference. So, Balin, we've got a couple of the Edgewater guys in the house tonight. We're yeah, going to be we talking do. about the big game. But before we get to that, I want to do a, like, a little big shout-out to Nick. And Danielle Grinowitz, our, yes, long, our longtime producer, got married uh, over the weekend. He's on a uh, he's on a honeymoon right now. So we have Chase Bunker tonight doing the uh, doing the boards for us back at the studio. So we appreciate Chase jumping in. But congratulations to Nick and Danielle Grinowitz. Congratulations, welcome to the winning team. <laughs> All righty. So we're not on ESPN Jacksonville tonight. So that means the next hour is going to be just high Central school football, Florida, just baby. Orlando. So so stay tuned for the next hour because we're going to be doing nothing but Central Florida games. We're going to be rec- re- recapping all the big games from last week. We're going to release the new Central Florida Top Ten. We're going to have our Dudes of the Week, and if you don't know what that is, that's our Players of the Week. We also have uh, some players that are going to be playing in the game joining the show tonight. And as always, we're going to have our predictions, which is usually where Balin ends up pissing off half of Orlando. <laughs> so before we get into you know the recap from last week, Balin, let's talk about some of the takeaways from Week Six. I'll let you lead us off. Okay. What were some of the kind of the things that surprised you from last week? Um, you know, I'm just I'm just happy that you know all high school teams are playing now. I don't feel like COVID's really affecting last week as I'm concerned. Um, I think a big shocker is you know Edgewater's who, who we thought they were. You know, and and people started writing them off. They've been off for a couple of weeks, and everybody was talking about at least I was about the Cowboys, and they shut it down pretty quickly. And I know I can't wait to go over that game, uh, but they are exactly where they are. And uh, you know, Orlando Sentinel has them somewhere else, and I still feel like they're the number one team in Central Florida. Yeah, I think that we are. Um... We are, we are pleased to see Edgewater obviously win that game. Obviously, us being more of an Orlando-based show, we obviously take care of Osceola County as well. But it was nice to see the Eagles pull off the win. And, boy, when we, got, when we get to break down this game. Yeah, I know. Uh, we got a lot of talk. If about. you don't know how this game ended, guys, you, you're in for a treat. Another thing I want to talk to you, Balin, about is what's up with the FHSAA? You know, yeah, the Florida no, High School Athletic Association. We're, we're only a few weeks away from the playoffs about to begin, and we still don't have a location I know. for where we're going to have our state championship game. And, Balin, I, I don't know about you, man. But the clock is ticking. They are. Like, what, like, what, are, what are we doing? Hey, Heath, I have a question for you, man. Where would you like to see the state playoffs take place this year? Obviously, right here in Central Florida, I think that because the Citrus Bowl, uh, Camping World Stadium now, yeah. I think because they've hosted it before, that would be a great spot to have it. But, I mean, there's another place right here in Central Florida that has the capacity and could definitely mm. host it, and that's right here at UCF. UCF, that would be you a know, great location, I, in my opinion. I think Spectrum Stadium would be a great place to host, to host the game. I think, obviously, for from a recruiting standpoint, how nice would UCF like to have the best players in the state of Florida be on their campus? Yeah, that's I mean, a very true like, fact. It's basically like, you know, 300 unofficial visits, basically, you yeah. get for free. I like it, yeah. And it's a close stadium, and, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's right here in Central Florida and uh, gives an opportunity for people to be in a big-time atmosphere on, ca- on a college campus. I think that's a pretty cool aspect. Uh, but he, there's another location that I think might be a, a great spot for these guys. I think uh, the Under Armour All-American game is played here. He, where's that stadium located? Well, it's over in Tampa. I mean, it's the Rays Stadium. I went to a couple of games and took a couple of players from Central Florida over to the Under Armour All-American game. And yeah. how cool would it be if the state playoffs 
or in the in dome. A dome. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Tropicana Field. At that point, there's no excuses. Rain or shine, the game is going on. So yeah. I think it's a really good spot for that game to take place. And because those games have to take place over a weekend, um, you know, you're going to have some bad weather during the weekend. You're right. Like, it is Florida. You can't have perfect weather on a Saturday and a Sunday, you know, from sun up to sundown. It's highly unlikely. So a dome would be a really Man, good place. Man, that'd be so but, cool. But, I mean, because of Miami being completely kind of out. Yeah, that's out of the question. You can't – there's no point in having Even one. though I do like the Dolphins stadium as a Dolphins fan, I think that that is kind of – that ship has sailed. So I think we should go more centralized, which is either Tampa or Orlando, in my opinion. Okay, so that's another takeaway. Obviously, the Edgewater game, uh, Edgewater is who we thought they were. Yeah. Um, the state playoffs, we need to find a location. So if the FHSA is listening, guys, figure it out. Like, we're definitely wanting to uh, – you know, we definitely wanted to know where our yeah. boys will be playing. He's actually got a, a quick little side note here. I got a good text from Kyle Israel, former UCF quarterback, good friend of mine. He just texted me. He said, the Orlando City Stadium. Wow. Wow, that'd be a pretty cool uh, – so Orlando City, yeah. what does it hold? About, what, 20 – I don't know. Not, 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 it'll sell out, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that was the problem with Daytona last year is they, they couldn't get enough people oh, there. That's they true. literally had to open up standing room only, and that stadium, I think, holds just as many, if not more, yeah. than Exploria Stadium where the Orlando City – so, Kyle, while I love the idea – of, a, of the downtown atmosphere, and that place would be rocking. Yeah, it would be. That would be uh, sick. But I, I just don't know if the capacity would work. But then again, because of COVID-19, are we going to see capacity? That's true. That's the question. So lastly, I want to talk about COVID-19. Are you, do you, how do you think Orlando has done with – so we've had Evans, Wakaiba, Edgewater, The Land, and now this week, Deltona. Uh, yeah. In terms of football programs, I'm not talking about student bodies. I'm talking about football programs affected, that have been affected by, COVID. by. So you know, roughly, that's I'll say that's we'll call it five football programs have been affected and had to do the two week quarantine. Yeah. But out of the 50 or so that we have in Central Florida, I mean, what do you what's your take on that? I think we've done pretty well with not having. I just still because I could have totally seen yeah. Orlando or Central Florida at this time in week seven. This thing could have all been over with. Yeah, I know. We could have had this thing shut down. I just still hate the fact that Orange County is still the only county to test. I mean, I don't understand. I know, again, COVID is a serious issue, and I'm never going to downplay that. But the fact that Orange County is the only county. I can see if there's other counties trying to do this. Okay, we're all trying to figure it out. But the fact that Orange County is the only one, not Seminole, not Osceola, not, not, not even Broward in Miami. Like, none of, no one's testing. They're just letting it play out. And I think, you know, if, they, if they're doing it the right way, quarantining football players, I don't think testing should be involved. And it shouldn't really affect the players or the team um, as it goes on throughout the season. And I think that Orange County needs to figure it out before the playoffs comes because this could be a serious issue. Well, we actually have a developing story right now out at Timber Creek High School. We'll get to that in another segment. But while we still have time here in the first segment, let's go ahead and recap the best games from last week. Oh, yeah. And, and Balin, let's start off with that Tusco Willa Tusco. Oh, yeah. Winter Springs it falls to Lake Howell 41 to nothing. Balin, you have a term for those kind of scores. Yeah, yeah Molly Wop. That's the blowout. That's Balin's Molly Wop game over there. Yeah. But, but go ahead. You, you know this game really well because obviously you have your nephew playing quarterback there. So go cousin. ahead. Cousin. Yeah, so my cousin Cohen Kohler had a phenomenal game again. Uh, he had 122 all purpose yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns in the game. Um, it's just it's great to see him, you know, over the year or a couple of years being with Lake Howell starting as a sophomore grow. Uh, it's going to be a bittersweet moment when their season's over with. But, man, just to see stats like that and see how he's progressed as a quarterback at Lake Howell, uh, man, it's, just, it's, a, it's a touchy you know, subject for me because I'm so proud of him. And I know our whole family is. And uh, just great job, Cohen. And last year, Heath, this, this game was a district championship. I know. It's kind, um, of, it's kind of odd that you see when one year they're playing for the district title, the next year it's literally a 41 nothing loss. Winter, Winter Springs, though, has lost a lot of players either to, you know, to transfer. Right. And, and obviously they lost their head coach as well. So Winter Springs is just in a rebuilding year. So uh, we wish them the best of luck and obviously uh, finding some new talent. Coach Lowe, if you're hearing me right now, there's a lot of you know, people in the Seminole County area. They're starting to put up school records 
I would have liked to see Cohen play an entire game and see if he can get a school record, maybe seven touchdowns or something. That's just bias, you know, because he's my cousin. sitting here begging for playing time. All right, let's <laughs> move on to the next game. Let's go Evans versus Lake Mary. This was a tight one. Evans wins – excuse me, Lake Mary wins 27-26. Balin, yeah. what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so Lake Mary had a great game rushing. as They, were, they scored three touchdowns on the ground, but star quarterback uh, Gunnar Smith threw a touchdown. Evans took a late 18-14 lead, but uh, back-to-back scores by the Rams was the difference maker in this game. I think there was a penalty on a, on a block punt. That really sealed the deal for the Rams. I had Evans in this game, but, man, Lake Mary's turning it on. They're 4-1 right now, Heath, so they're a team to watch for sure. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next game. That's number 10, Winter Park. Uh, they take care of Oviedo easily, 49-10. to Oviedo's a team that, man, they're slipping right now. They you are. Know, they're really on a, they're on a couple skids here. Yeah. Um, I think that Winter Park is a, is a team that's going to, going to be a team that's going to be able to go deep in the playoffs. When I say deep, they're going to be able to get through that play-in round, yeah. the, first, the first round, and maybe even the second round. So I expect Winter Park you know, to make some waves in the playoffs. Right. They win the game easily 49-10. to 10. Oviedo is not looking, obviously, as strong as they have in the past. Baylor, I know you have some numbers. Yeah. Had. So this, this matchup was very intriguing because quarterback Jaden Machulis is facing his former team. And, man, did he have himself a night on the ground rushing for two touchdowns along with running back Aaron Rodriguez, who ran for 170 yards and four touchdowns. Oviedo sophomore star quarterback Luke Rucker finished the game 15 for 32, 181 yards, and also a score. Oviedo's down with a lot of injuries, but they have been exposed in the last two weeks uh, with good competition. So Oviedo needs to tighten up on some things over there if they want to make another run in the playoffs. We're going to be talking a little bit about Luke Rucker later on because uh, he's going to have a, his hands full this week with Timber Creek. Yeah. Uh, Timber Creek's an undefeated team, and, and Luke Rucker's the best quarterback that Timber Creek has seen this year. So I agree. We're going to talk a little bit more about Luke Rucker and the Oviedo Lions later on in the show. Let's go to our next game from last week that we can recap. Number six, Dr. Phillips takes on Olympia. This is the battle of Dr. Phillips. It, it is a local rivalry, believe it or not. Yeah. When Dr. Phillips, excuse me, when Olympia was built, remember, that kind of split up Dr. Phillips. And yeah. Anytime you can split up a student body, you're going to have some bad blood. Let's go 41-9. to nine. Dr. Phillips takes care of Olympia. Balin, what do you got here? Yeah, the Panthers, interesting, changed some things up at the quarterback position this week, starting Brandon Moreno, who had a great night, finishing 6 for 10, 89 yards and two touchdowns. Then JoJo Patty came in and continued his dominant play, engineering two straight scoring drives, including a 25-yard touchdown to give Coach Wells his 100th win at Dr. Phillips. Great job, DP. That was my Molly Walk game of the week, and it took care of business. Congratulations to Coach Wells. 100 wins is a great milestone for any coach to reach, so congratulations to Coach Rodney Wells at Dr. Phillips High School. All right, Balin, here's the game that I was at last week. This is number five, Apopka, traveling to uh, West Orange. Man. And West Orange is unranked, and this was obviously a heavily favored Apopka team. I think if we go back to the fan polls, Apopka oh, yeah. favored to win. Like 99%. It was, it was an overwhelmingly uh, lopsided fan poll last week, and West Orange pulls off the upset 15-14 to 14 in overtime in Balin. I was at this game. I yeah. did the play-by-play for this game. And for three quarters, Balin, nothing really happened. Yeah. I mean, it was a very boring game. And Apopka's total offense for the entire game was under 100 yards. 87 to be exact, and 10 of that came in overtime. And so there was, it was a really boring game to call. But in the fourth quarter, man, the fire was really lit up. Dan LaForest, who is uh, uh, one of the members of the Orlando Touchdown Club, and he handles all the high school awards for them, he yeah. called the play-by-play with me. And him and I, I, I mean, we were literally looking at one another saying, is this one of the most boring games you could possibly be assigned to right. at all? But it didn't let us down, man. We ended up going to overtime. And, hey, I know they had the Philly special when Nick Foles ran it, and that's how the Eagles won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. Do we call it the West Orange special? Because they literally ran the Philly special to win the game against Apopka right. and take down the Blue Darters. West Orange wins this game 15-14. to 14. What, a, what an amazing ending to a game, and that's why we love high school football here in Central Florida. Balin, what do you have on this yeah, one? Yeah, I have the fact that Jaquan Loma did not play in this game. He is a big difference maker. The fact that he accounts for 465 yards of their 773, that tells me one thing. He is the team, and without him, they're in trouble. So 
uh, Poppy needs to get healthy so they can make a statement. All right, and lastly, the game of the week was number four Osceola against number one Edgewater. We have some of the Eagles right here in the house with us right now tonight. You're going to hear from them in just a moment. Edgewater takes down Osceola 31-24 to in a wild finish. Bailey, yeah. you were at the I was game at the game and I covered it. Yeah. We have just a few seconds here, but Balen, what do you have on this one? Yeah, so I was actually impressed with how uh, Chad Masto played through three touchdowns on Edgewater's defense, which I think is probably the best in Orange County or even Orlando in general. And, you know, um, he played well, but, man, Edgewater is honestly the real deal. And I was very impressed. They came back. They took care of business. They won on a strip, you know, fumble from Bryce Turner to took it to the house. And they, they won the game fair and square. So great job, Edgewater Eagles. All right, well, that's the recap from last week, and that's segment one. When we come back, we're going to have our new top ten for Central Florida right here on the High School Football Scoreboard Show. Welcome to the High School Football Scoreboard, the latest news and headlines from under the Friday night lights. Here's Heath Ziegler and Balen Trujillo. All right, welcome back to the High School Football Scoreboard, brought to you by Insperity, providing employee benefits, HR technology, payroll, and scalable HR services for more than 34 years. Insperity, HR that makes a difference. All right, Balin, we're at Graffiti Junction. Graffiti Junction's been great to us. They pretty much we bounced around to about five of these different locations. Yeah, I love it, man. This year, so tonight we find ourselves in College Park, and let's talk about what we had tonight for dinner. You know, you, we had the same thing for so, the first time. Yeah, you actually went with something interesting here, and Balin likes to let's say reinvent the wheel. He does. He likes to create his own menu. So, Balin, do you want to share with the listeners what you ended up doing tonight? Because it was quite genius. Yeah. So actually, Heath made it simple for me. I like to complicate things for whatever the reason. But I saw that there was a buffalo chicken wrap, and I said, Hey, can we do this as a Philly cheesesteak wrap? And then Heath goes, Well, why don't you just get the Philly cheesesteak sandwich and just make it a wrap? So that's exactly what they did. They don't have that on the menu, but we both got the Philly cheesesteak wrap. And I, I'm telling you what, it, I got the Philly cheesecake, uh, Philly cheesesteak quesadilla. And now I got the wrap. So I think uh, you can't go wrong with either one. Yeah, so that's the menu item of the night for Graffiti Junction, America's Burger Bar. We want to just thank them. They've been great to us for the past couple of years, always looking out for us, always hosting uh, our shows at different locations. So big shout-out to Graffiti Junction, America's Burger Bar. All right, Baylor, so it's just now it's time that we actually break down our new top ten every single week. Yeah. We give you the top ten teams in Central Florida. And this week, Baylor, making their debut at number <laughs> ten is... Boone Braves. Congratulations. Boone High School makes the top 10. I think Casey St. John's playing well, along with his brother. Uh, obviously, Sean Bray, who just committed to FSU, and uh, Jalen Phelps committed to, I think, South Dakota this week. I think Boone's doing some big things, and they're, they're winning convincingly as of recent. Yeah, Coach Andy Johnson is doing a, a, a really good job over there um, at Boone. That was obviously my alma mater and where my dad coached that for yeah. a long time. So I'm happy to see Boone Braves finally in the top 10 at number 10. All right, number 9 is going to be the West Orange Warriors. Uh, Coach Granado is doing a fantastic job out there. You yeah, know, I he's, agree. He's really one quarter away from being undefeated right now. Should have been, you know, yeah. A couple couple play calls differently against Boone earlier yeah. in the year. They're sitting 5-0 right now. We've got the Edgewater staff in here right now with us. He, yeah. was, he was part of that staff last year. They he won was. the state championship. But number nine, West Orange High School. Congratulations to Coach Granado on the big win. I'm telling you, West Orange got a treat having him as their head coach. I'll tell you that. Uh, number eight comes in Winter Park. They move up two slots this year or uh, this week. Um, I think they had a great game last week. Again, Jaden Machulis is finally coming into his own, uh, doing really well. And Aaron Rodriguez, I mean, he's a special talent. So I think Winter Park keeps climbing if they keep doing the things the right way. All right, at number seven, we're going to go Lake Mineola High School. Coach Walter Banks still has the his boys playing good, playing tough out there on the east side of town. They're the best team really on and that on that side of the uh, on that side of Central Florida. So Lake Mineola comes in at number seven. Number six is Timber Creek. Uh, we, we just mentioned they're going through some pandemic stuff right now, but their football is not affected. Uh, they have a big test this week against their first, I uh, think, best quarterback they faced all year. So we're going to see where they are defensively. 
Uh, but I look forward to seeing them keep climbing as well. All right, our number five team is going to be DP. Dr. Phillips High School is going to come in at number five. Congratulations to Rodney Wells getting his 100th win. Dr. Phillips, we're holding firmly right there in the middle of the pack at number five. At number four, Osceola doesn't move anywhere. It had a great game against Edgewater, arguably the best team in Central Florida. Um, you know, they played really well, competed to the very end, so they don't go anywhere. Number four, Osceola. All right, the number three teams. Now we're down to the final three, Baylin. Yeah, man. This has been the top three all year long. There hasn't really been no change. So number three is going to stay and remain Seminole High School with, uh, with quarterback Timmy McLean out there leading the way. The Seminole Seminoles coming at number three. At number two is Jones Tigers. Elijah Williams has some things going on over there that's going to be quite special. We're going to see exactly who they are and to prove themselves this week against Edgewater. Heath, who's our number one team? Of course, it's going to be the Edgewater Eagles. They've been number one since day one. There's another media outlet out there that decided to shake things up and move Edgewater out. I told you that was the wrong move. Yep. Their win against Osceola proves that Edgewater remains the number one team in Central Florida. So, Balin, while we have a second, we talked about Timber Creek when we did the top ten. Yeah. We talked about the, the breaking news that came out today. Mm-hmm. So let's just share with the listeners quickly while we have a moment here what's going on. So Timber Creek has shut down all school activities uh, for the student body as of today for two weeks. Yeah. Now, here's the, ben- here's the good news. Because the football team was in its own bubble, so because Orange County put in the, the uh, I guess, the, the rules bubble. that the football team yeah. has, to, has to be separate from the student body, guess what? They're not affected by this. That's guess amazing. what that means? We're still going to get Timber Creek versus Oviedo this week. So anyone out there, don't panic. Oviedo will be playing Timber Creek this week. When we come back, we're going to have our Dudes of the Week, which are the Players of the Week, right here on the High School Football Scoreboard Show. Welcome to the High School Football Scoreboard, the latest news and headlines from under the Friday Night Lights. Here's Heath Ziegler and Balen Trujillo. Welcome to the High School Scoreboard Football Show. I probably botched that. The High School Football Scoreboard Show. We're working to get Keith and Traylon uh, back on. I don't know what's going on. I see that they're on All the right, guys, we are back. We they are there. Technical difficulty there. I apologize, Chase, but we are back here on the High School Football Scoreboard Show brought to you by Insperity, providing employee benefits, HR technology, payroll, and scalable HR services for more than 34 years. Insperity, HR that makes a difference. All right, Balin, it's our favorite time of the week. We're going to get down to our dudes of the week. Yeah. If you don't know what dudes of the week are, it's basically our players of the week. And, Balin, let's jump right into the offensive side of the ball. Let's go with an athlete from West Orange High School. Balin, who do we got? Uh, we have Matthew McDoone, West Orange athlete, caught a touchdown, had 11 tackles, and also threw a game winner in overtime on a Philly special to quarterback Tyler Huff in their big win over Apopka. All right, let's get to our next nominee for Offensive Dude of the Week. That's going to go to Airman Rodriguez, the running back from Winter Park. Yes, he ran for 170 yards, four touchdowns, and the 49-10 blowout win over Oviedo. All right, our next nominee is going to be a quarterback from Okaiva, Balin. Who do we got? We have Junior Madokovic. He had uh, three touchdown passes on 328 yards, 22 of 31, and a tough loss to Jones in overtime. Okay, guys, so those are going to be the nominees, but now it's time for the Dude of the Week, the Player of the Week for Central Florida in Week 6 on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to go to the quarterback from the losing side of the, of the big game against, uh, against Edgewater from Osceola High School. Balin, who do we got? We have Chad Masco, junior quarterback from Osceola, finished the night 23 of 31, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and a tough loss to arguably the best team in Central Florida, 31 to 24. I don't think it's arguably, Ben. I think they are the number one team in Central Florida. That's what our rankings say. Let's stick to it. All right, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Let's go with some nominees. Let's go with the linebacker from Blake Brantley High School. Balin, who do we got? We have Andrew Harris, Blake Brantley, linebacker, 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, a punt block, and a forced fumble in a 35-19 upset win over a Coey. 
All right, Balin, let's go on to our next nominee on the defensive side of the ball. A West Orange Warrior who defeats the Apopka Blue Darters. Balin, who do we got? We have Jashari Jones, West Orange athlete. Eight tackles, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a tackle for loss, and two sacks in a 15-14 upset win over Popkin Overtime. I was calling that game play-by-play, play, and this young man was all over the field. I, I find it hard to believe that we have other guys that, have, that are more worthy of due to the week, but Jashari Jones, it was a pleasure watching you, young man. Let's go on to our last and final honorable mention nominee for due to the week on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a defensive lineman from RCP, Gerald Renanis. Seven tackles, four tackles for loss, and three sacks in their 49, uh, 41-9 Molly Watt win for Coach Wells' 100th win. Okay, guys, it is time for the dude of the week, the player of the week on the defensive side of the ball for week six. You've heard the nominees. Now, here we go. From Lake Cowell High School, Balin, who do we got? Jerry Castillo, D- defensive lineman slash outside linebacker. Eight tackles, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and a pick six and a 41-0 blowout win over Winter Springs in the Tuscaloosa Tussle. Okay, we're the only show in the state of Florida that actually takes it a little step further than offense and defense. We actually have a special team due to the week, and that's going to go to a kicker from Lake Nona High School, Balin. Who do we got? We have Jack Walker, Lake Nona Jr. He made three field goals, from thir- two from 30, one from 35, to set a school record in their 30-14 to 14 win over St. Cloud. So there you have it. We want to say congratulations to Jack Walker, Jerry Casillo, and Chad Masco uh, as our dudes of the week for this week. Congratulations to all the nominees as well. And, guys, every single week we're looking at your numbers. We're looking at your stats. We're seeing who had the big games. And uh, we definitely want to make sure that everybody gets recognized on the show. So those are the dudes of the week for week six. Now, Balin, we've got some special guests here. going to about to do yeah, in just a moment. Before we get down to it, we, we got cut a little short earlier. We, you know, Edgewater had the big game against Osceola. We barely even talked about it. Right. I want to rewind a minute. Let's talk a little bit about that Osceola-Edgewater game. You were there on the sidelines. Give me some of your takeaways. Yeah, so again, this was Edgewater's first game in three weeks due to COVID-19, and they made a statement. The game went back and forth as Osceola's four-star quarterback, Chad Masco, had himself a near-perfect first half, throwing a pair of touchdowns, both to Jakeem Jackson, who finished tonight with four catches for 153 yards, but a long run by Khalil Washington for the Eagles and a punt return touchdown by Alabama commit Christian Leary tied the game at 14. Osceola took a halftime lead on a field goal, but coming out of the half, Edgewater quickly tied the score up at 17 and later took a 24-17 lead on a great catch in double coverage by Arizona State commit Tommy Hill. The Cowboys responded quickly with another touchdown pass by Masco, this time to John Wolf. Edgewater had a game-winning drive, but it was stopped short on first or a fourth and one, uh, giving the Cowboys an opportunity to either play for overtime or for the win. In the same retrospect, the Cowboys also went for it on fourth and one, but a great coaching move put uh, running back uh, Connolly, uh, the defensive end, Jeremiah Connolly to be exact, uh, stripped sack from behind. It was picked up by Eagles' Bryce Turner for the game-winning touchdown for 59 yards to get the 31-24 win for Edgewater Eagles. So, Balin, you were at that game. Talk to me a little bit about what happened, What was that crowd like when they saw that scoop and score? Uh, silent. I mean, I remember I was like, what just happened? Well, I don't think anybody really thought that was, that was like the only way that I think Edgewater was either going to win the game or even take it to overtime. I mean, it was like, whoa. It went from, again, Osceola playing for a field position because they have a good field goal kicker to next thing you know, Edgewater's cheering on the sideline for a win. It was the most depleting feeling I think uh, Osceola has ever faced, you know, in any type of game they've ever played in. Well, we've got a couple of the Edgewater Eagles here right now with us. And before we bring them on, uh, let's, let me just tell you about these young men here that I have here, and here tonight. I have Kenneth Brown. And when I, when I asked him to come on the show tonight, Coach Duke reached out to me and sent me a text. And I said, you know, Coach, tell me a little bit about Kenneth Brown. Who is Kenneth Brown to you and your program? Yeah. So listen to, listen to this, this simple text that Coach Duke gives me. A Division One kid, a three-year starter, a natural leader, still deciding on schools, the strongest player 
I've wow. ever coached. That's coming from a guy that took wow. a team to the state championship. Yeah. The strongest player I've ever coached, leader on and off the field, nickname is Muscle, and you'll see why in Baylin. Big balls. You're looking at him right here. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's bring in Kenneth Brown right now. Kenneth Brown, welcome to the show, man. I, I really appreciate your time. And tell me a little bit about that off-field game and how you, you know, what was that ride like? <laughs> it was a good ride. Going there, it was a good ride. Silence, just locked in. But the game was a well-played game from both teams. And on the ride home, it was just a good feeling. <laughs> it was a good feeling. I bet it was. Now, they call you the muscle. Obviously, I can see why. But, I mean, so there's no visual effect here for the for the audience out there. Tell them why you are the muscle. Strongest guy. You know me. Strongest yeah. high school player. Why is Christian? Christian Leary sitting behind you shaking his head. Like, like he, like he, you might be somebody else out there. But, no, he, this guy is the muscle. Balin, what do you have here for my man Kenneth Brown? Yeah, so I just found out before the show that he's actually related to Chad Masco. Now, you're playing defensive line. He's a quarterback. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Did, at any point, one, did you really want to take him out of the game? Or, two, did you kind of ease up on him because he's your, your blood? So I would like to know that dynamic because that's, that's the first I've heard of that. There's no family on the field. Yeah. <laughs> There's no family on the field. Yeah, okay. Treat him like all other quarterbacks. Okay, I like it. I like it. That's, that's, that's right there from Kenneth Brown, uh, starting defensive lineman for uh, the Edgewater Eagles. Let's bring in another one of the players for the Eagles. Now, this, now, th- this young man, uh, he's, he's no stranger to this show, man. Yeah, I'll tell, this, you, I'll tell you, Heath, last year, I remember we, we broke down players. Yeah. And I know Tommy Hill was a, a big factor in the Edgewater, and, and we really focused our attention on him. But then we were talking about every single game. We kept saying this name, Christian Leary, Christian Leary, Christian Leary. I feel like over the development of the year, obviously he gained 15 pounds. I think he got faster than he already was. He definitely got faster. I mean, I think without a doubt there's not even a question he's number one player in Orange, in Orange County, Central Florida, the state of Florida. Oh, it doesn't him, matter. I've got, him I don't top, care. I've got him top five in the state of Florida. Why, oh, first of all, talking about Osceola, why would you punt to him? I don't get I, I, That doesn't make sense. I literally watched the ball and I'm like, oh, boy, here it goes. Six. Did, I don't oh. even, did you even get touched? I don't even know. We'll talk about it. So let's bring on the four-star Alabama commit, Christian Leary. Christian Leary, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. We know you're going to see you on Saturdays, maybe even Sundays, so it's been awesome to have you here on the show. Christian, talk to me a little bit about your coach, Coach Duke. What's he do for you guys? Talk to, take me behind the curtain. Let me know a little bit about the Eagles program. Well, he really tries to focus on making us a family. I mean, a team is good. We have, you can have the best players from everywhere, but there's nothing like the chemistry with your brothers. Like, we'll, we'll do a whole bunch of stuff. Off season, which will really help us in the long run in our season. Yeah. So I feel like off season, the way we work, the way he pushes us together, I think that really is a big is a big part of why we number one. So Kenneth, you're still here with us, and I've, I've got Christian as well. Um, can you guys share with me a little bit about the off season? I, this is why I'm asking because in the off season, what I commonly hear about the Edgewater Eagles is really the season never stops with you guys. You talk about family, and you're constantly – you guys are finding things to do together as a team. You guys can both, you guys can both kind of collaborate on this, but I want to know that offseason when you guys grow and you bond, I mean, how much does that lead to your success on the field? That's a lot because we, we're able to trust each other. Like a lot of people come in and you're like, oh, I don't know him or he don't know me. And through this, throughout the offseason, it's like we come closer together. Like it, there's no other feeling like – there's nothing like it. And I feel like as we grow closer, we get to learn each other's struggles and we relate to a lot of each other. I think that helped us and we'll put it out put it out in line for each other all game. So I know a lot of the teams in Orange County, they've been required to obviously do the bubble. Um, now, because you guys are already so close because of your off-season workouts and how how close you are, that bubble, is, you've always already been in a bubble, haven't you? So I'm going I'm to let Balin here, my co-host. I know he, he's chomping at the bit over here to get some, some time with both of you. So, Balin, go ahead, go ahead in here and give, give him a second. 
So I know last year's team was pretty special, Christian. I want to know what your take is going into this team. What does this team mean for you, and how does this team differ from last year's team that's going to help you push to make another state uh, appearance? Um, I think each year we're getting better at listening. I mean, I think that's a big part of football. You just got to listen. L- listen, you got to trust trust your players, trust your assignments. And I think we just we, – we're getting, we getting better at that as a team. Everybody just starting to listen come together. I'm going to say the same question for you. How does this team differ? What is so special about being a part of this team this year than last year's special team? Different group of guys. Everybody's different. But then we learn to just, like, listen to the coaches. Like he said, listen is a big big part. Then if coaches actually can relate with us. Like, every coach has their own different struggle, in which we can relate with. And they're able to communicate with us. Last question for me. What are you looking forward to the most this Friday night against Jones? Uh, make a statement. We just got to keep proving why we're the number one team. And I feel we're going to show that Friday. I'm looking forward to having a shutout. Oh, shutout. He's. Whoa. Uh oh. He says he's looking oh, forward. He said he's like, that I now, let's, get this, let's get this straight. He said he's looking oh. forward to a shutout. He's not predicting a shutout. He said he's looking forward to a shutout. Edgewater has a lot of respect for Jones because they are the two number one teams in, this, in the area. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about it. They've been one and two in every media outlet in Central Florida. Yeah. Uh, since the beginning of the year. We talked about that other media outlet who we will not mention that, that ended up flip-flopping you guys. Tell me, be honest, when you, saw you, when you saw the paper come out and you saw that you fell to number two, tell me you had a little salt in the wound there. Oh, we love it. Yeah. We, we, we just love to show everybody. We love showing everybody every week why we put this work in. We're going to show you all how we do it on the field every week. Well, I think the two of you show a lot of class and even the staff here by coming on the show because I know there's a guy right here, my co-host, who you come in here, you know, all smiles, You've been nothing but kind. And here's the man that's picked against you guys not once but twice. And you guys are showing nothing but love. So I think that's a, a strong character on both of y'all for coming in here and being strong about it. But, Christian, you got something to add for my boy here? Give him a little. Give him a little. Uh, we, Coach Bailey on the second strike. Uh <laughs> from last year, I'll see on the this year. We're going to see who he picked, who he picked this week. Yeah, but it's Jones game. Well, you heard it right there from Christian Leary and Kenneth Brown, the two uh, two stars for Edgewater Eagles. They have the big game against Jones this week. And like he said, when we come back here in just a moment, we are going to make some predictions. And guys, I got a couple. Balen, you're in trouble, man, because you're going to have a tough decision to make. Because I know, I know you're, I know you're tight. I know you're tight with the uh, with the Jones Tigers. Okay, yeah. but I mean, you just you, you got two of the best Eagles right here in the building, and our predictions are going to be coming up next. And Balen, I mean, I can see you getting a little nervous, my man. Yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna find out after the break. All right, guys, when we come back, you will hear our predictions of the top five games in Central Florida, and obviously the final prediction of the night will be the Edgewater-Jones game right here on the High School Football Scoreboard Show. Welcome to the High School Football Scoreboard, the latest news and headlines from under the Friday night lights. Here's Heath Ziegler and Balen Trujillo. All right, welcome back to the High School Football Scoreboard Show brought to you by Insperity, providing employee benefits, HR technology, payroll, and scalable HR services for more than 34 years. Insperity, HR that makes a difference. I'd also like to thank Graffiti Junction for yeah. continuing to be such a great sponsor of ours, providing us with great venues to do our shows at, obviously feeding us, giving yeah. us some great burgers. Um, if you guys don't know, on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, they have some of the best weekend brunches that you can get. They have great deals. So if, you, uh, if you're ever looking for a brunch spot on the weekends, check out Graffiti Junction, any of their locations. They have great brunch specials. All right, Balin, it is time, man. The, the best segment of the week. we got to make some predictions. 
We got to make some enemies. We got to make some fans here. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's go with Okoe versus Lake Mary. We went out. We pulled the fans. Sixty-three percent of the fans have Okoe winning this game. Balen, I'll I'll let you lead us off here. Okay. Yeah. So, who, who do you like, Okoe or Lake Mary? You know, Okoe is a team that you were really high on. Something, some a team that I thought had to prove something, and they did over the co- course of the first couple weeks, and then they've lost a couple straight. But I'm still taking Okoe in this matchup. I still think their defense is going to be too much. Lake Mary is four and one, but at the end of the day, I don't think they've played really anybody. So, I think I'm going to take Okoe in the upset, according to uh, the records here. All right. Well, I'm actually going to go against Coach Shepard. I love Coach Shepard and everything he's doing out of Okoe, but that, that loss to Lake Brantley has me puzzled just a little bit. I'm going to take the home team here. I'm going to go with the Lake Mary Rams uh, to win that game. So let's move on to our next game. Number 10, Boone versus Olympia. 84% of the fans say Boone's going to win this one game. Uh, win this game, Balin. Balin, this one I think is pretty straightforward. Who do you got? Yeah, so this is going to be my Molly Watt game of the week. I know you hate that phrase, but I think it's going to be a blowout. I'm going to go with your alma mater, Boone Braves here. I think Olympia is 3-1, and one, but they're not as good as advertised, in my opinion. I think Boone takes care of business and put a 50-burger on them, just like they did Oak Ridge. All right, you heard it there from Balin, a 50-burger. I know that Coach uh, Travis Gabriel out of Olympia <laughs> is looking for you right now. And I'm also going to take the Boom Braves to win that game. So the fans and Balin and myself all take Boom Braves in that one. Let's go with West Orange at Lake Brantley. Number nine, West Orange at Lake Brantley. Coach Granado's doing a fantastic job out there. They're sitting four and one. I think this is another easy pick. The fans also agree. 85% of the fans have West Orange. Balin, who do you got? Yeah, I got West Orange beating Lake Brantley single-handedly. I think their defense is way too much. Too many good pieces there. West Orange is going to win. All right, let's move on to our second-to-last game. This is an interesting game here because – Wait, who do you got, East West Orange or – Oh, I'm taking West Orange. Oh, okay. You know I do that every week. You know? <laughs> one game. So it's one little wrinkle I like to add in there, you know, a little suspense. So let's go with the second-to-last game here before we get to the Edgewater-Jones game, the game. Let's go number six, Timber Creek at Oviedo. 82% of the fans have Timber Creek winning this game. Luke Rucker, the quarterback at Oviedo. This is the best quarterback that Timber Creek will see all year. Balin, go ahead and lead us off. Yeah, Timber Creek takes care of business. I, I do agree with you. Luke Rucker should have a good game, but I think Timber Creek is just way too much. I think they take care of business and win and, and single-handedly win. Yeah, even though Timber Creek hasn't really played a, a, an opponent with a winning record, I think this will be a little bit better test. This will be their best test of the year. I still have Timber Creek winning this game. All right, Balin, here we are, my man. We're down to the final game here. This is number one Edgewater at number two Jones. This has been the game all year long that people have circled on their calendars. This game was originally supposed to be at Camping World Stadium. On Saturday. They were yep. predicting 10,000 plus at this game. Unfortunately, because of some reasons, they're going to have to have the game at Jones High School. Limited number of tickets. But, Balin, I'm going to go ahead and leave this one off first. I'm going to give you the floor. Okay. There's been no doubt in my mind since week one who I've known is the number one team in Central Florida. Edgewater proved it again last week. There's no doubt in my mind that the Edgewater Eagles – are going to go to Jones and take care of business. I've got the Edgewater Eagles winning this game. Balin, who do you got? All right, so this is going to be a tough one here. Again, I saw Edgewater and Jones both this year, and both of them are really good. They're good as advertised. I still do think Edgewater is the number one team in Central Florida. But I'm going to go with Jones Tigers here today with the oh upset. I am going Jones. Uh, Christian Leary said th- uh, two strikes, and it's three strikes you're out. I haven't had my third strike yet. So I'm going Jones Tigers. Elijah Williams is my head coach. Uh, coach Duke is their head coach. I know they would never bet against their head coach, and neither will I. Go Tigers. All right, you've been listening to the High School Football Scoreboard Show. We'll see you next week.